You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to The Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and I'm joined today by Chris Harper. Today, we are going to talk about fatherhood. Uh, this is the subject that, as we talked about on the Get to Know You episode, is near and dear to your heart. So uh, maybe for those who haven't heard that Get to Know You episode, talk about this subject matter for you and you know why this became something that you're so passionate about. Great question. I really dove into the space four or five years ago. It was actually, I was having a conversation with um, some people from the Lifeway space, and they had mentioned that uh, the two leading authors in the Christian world for the last 20 years have been females, Priscilla Shire and Beth Moore. And uh, that's not that's not nothing against them. I yeah. know I know Priscilla. She's tremendous. Her kids went to my school. We lived that's in the awesome. same neighborhood. She's yeah. phenomenal. But there was just lacking this consistent biblical manhood, masculinity voice, and specifically in the area of fatherhood. Yep. You know, what does fatherhood look like? So been over at Southwestern for the last few years, uh, finishing up a doctorate there. Jumped into my dissertation and just said, okay, what, what does it look like for the father to really lead out in his home, to be Christ to his children, to his wife, to his family? So my dissertation is actually titled, uh, Father as Chief Priest of His Home and How the Church Suffers when he fails to fulfill that role. That's good. I don't think anybody will ever read it, but, <laughs> but that's the title. <laughs> I don't know a ton of uh, PhDs or guys getting their doctorates, but everyone I've met is like, this dissertation is going to be so boring. Nobody's ever <laughs> right. going to read it, but man, I'm going to I'm going to check the box. I'm going to get it done. So I bet it's better than you think. Let's do this. So we're talking about fatherhood. Let's talk about our dads real quick. Yeah. T- tell me about your dad. Yeah, so uh, good man, you know, not a believer, um, very much saw himself as a provider. You know, if you were to ask my dad who my middle school basketball coach was or who my science teacher was, he would have no idea. Yeah. You know, um, I'm from Kentucky, so uh, he's very backwoods Kentucky. Like, I literally grew up in a holler, mm. you know, where two kind of Valley Ridge lines meet. Yep. And uh, that's, you know, that was my upbringing. If you ever seen you know, the show Justified on FX, you okay. know, I've lived some of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, kind of reclusive, kept to himself, um, carpenter, construction worker by trade. Um, you know, very, again, financially he provided, but physically, um, emotionally, spiritually, wasn't there. You know, and again, I don't, I don't say that I would never defame my father. I, I don't even know if he knew how to be those things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he didn't get that from his father. Yeah. You know, we talk about that in, in a lot of our better man studies, but that's, that's kind of how it was. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. So my dad grew up in the Midwest as well. Uh, just north of you, he was Kansas, Illinois, Lafayette, Indiana. I have so many, like, I, he's amazing. He's one of the most positive, wow. optimistic, people I've ever met. I, you know, I think his faith has grown over the last few years. Growing up, I wouldn't say faith was really a part of our family, and he would admit that too, that when the young kids came, they kind of, church was not that big of a deal anymore and, and all that kind of stuff. But I attribute my work ethic to him. He's one of the hardest workers I know. And he always felt like an underdog, and I appreciated that that's about him, good. right? So good. You know, because I think there's something powerful in that. So he, and growing up in Indiana, didn't go to college, did a, a couple of semesters at like a community college, but always felt like he needed to prove himself and led to this unbelievable work ethic that I, I greatly respect. When I became a Christian in college, you know, I hear Louis Giglio preach on seeing God as a perfect father and this connection between how we view God and our earthly father 
I never really struggled thinking about a God who loves me because I knew my dad loved me. And so I have so many, and of course he was always, you know, and if he were listening to this, he would laugh. He's weird too at times, right? Like we all are, like my kids are going to say about me. Mm-hmm. So uh, we got the quirky things too in there, but, but I love him and I appreciate the model that he gave me without really teaching me about God specifically. You know, I feel like he gave me a great model of a loving father. That's so um, good. And so I, I really appreciate that about him. And, and if I look at my own fatherhood journey I mean, there's times where I wish I could be more like him with his, with patience and anger. Like I never really saw him get angry. He was a very patient man, and I wish I I wish I had more of those qualities. You know, as I as I interact with my kids now. But so dads are powerful, right? They are powerful in the life of uh, kids and a family. And I love the, this idea that you have here of these three offices: the chief, prophet, priest, and king. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is really about how to be that chief prophet at the home. So talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So really, it's a, it's a Reformation-type Puritan thought, right? Mm-hmm. Luther said that you know the home is a mini-kingdom, mm-hmm. and Dad is king of the home, right? And the Puritans would teach that the Father is the chief prophet and the chief priest of the home. So it's not, it's not been around since the beginning of Christendom, but uh, right around the 17th, 16th century, you know, it really started to pop up. When you think about it, it makes sense. So when we need a definition of God or when we need a picture of God, you know, Scripture encourages us to look to Jesus, right? And uh, that trickles down. When, when our children, when our, when our spouses, when our home needs a reflection of what Jesus is, they really should be looking to us yeah. as, as fathers and husbands and men. Um, Jesus had a threefold ministry office. You know, he is the great prophet. Uh, he's the Word of God. He's the great priest, the great um, sacrifice. I mean, and he's obviously King of Kings. So we need to reflect that. We need to image that in our house. So when we think about what it means to be the chief prophet in our home, when you think about the office of prophet or role of prophet, they they were the mouthpiece of God. They they spoke to the people from God. Mm. Right, um, delivering God's message, delivering God's warnings, delivering God's word, whatever it is, they were the messenger, and that's exactly as as dads. That's exactly what we should be in our homes. Uh, we should be God's mouthpiece, delivering uh, the very words of God to our children, uh, to our spouses, uh, to people who come and go in our homes. Hmm. So. You mentioned in a you know other episode when we talked about uh, your family and just get to know you a little bit that you've got right now four kids under the age of ten in your house. I have a thirteen year old and a soon to be twelve year old. My thirteen year old texted me today. Just this is the difference between you and I right now, right? <laughs> is is this this one text? My thirteen year old texted me today. Said, "Dad, I woke up at nine twenty a.m. and I was like, I was driving to lunch, going. There are so many dads out there right now that would love to know that their kid <laughs> sleeps till just past six, right, or past seven. Absolutely. I bet that's a little later than your kids are sleeping in right Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. brother. Yeah, I'm not even sure one of mine went to sleep last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so I remember those those really young years and trying to do the devotional or trying to have a conversation at dinner. So I think you're in the middle of this right now. How are you trying to live out being that God's mouthpiece? Because, I mean, we, listen, we can't just wait until they're older. That's we, right. We got to do it now. Like, That's right. With the season that we're in. We got to do it now, the season that we're in. And let me just encourage you dads out there, if you have waited, you know, if, if, if this wasn't you... Uh, 
no time is like the present time. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's with your adult children, whether it's with your grandchildren now, like you can start being God's mouthpiece right now listening to this. Uh, but you're exactly right. You know, four kids under 10, I mean, it's tough. You've got to be creative. Yeah, that's good. Right? So so you've got to, you got to keep it fun. Um, for example, here recently, uh, we just started a game in my house called Standing on the Word of God. And uh, we have a little platform that the kids have to stand on and either one foot and bounce up and down and we time them and they recite Bible verses. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all in competition with one another because they want to do it the longest, right? Yeah. So um, creating games, you know, uh, one of the ways we do it is singing Scripture, hmm. praying Scripture, reading Scripture. You know, it doesn't have to be everyone sit down, put your hands in your lap, right? Be respectful. Like, that's not the case in my house. There are ninja swords. There is um, stuff being thrown. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, you, you'll catch a hot wheel in the face at my house real yes. quick, right? Yes. So um, you just got to be creative. My, my first encouragement would be be creative. Uh, keep it light. Don't take yourself too seriously, especially at those younger ages. And, and think of new ways to get God's Word across. That's so good. And listen, I don't think we're going to outgrow that. I mean... If you're teaching adults, be creative, right, in the way you're teaching that. I love that. Uh, So that's super encouraging to me because as my kids, like, yeah, I could probably get their attention with 12 and 13 maybe five minutes longer than your kid's attention, right? So maybe I have a little bit more time that they're going to pay attention to me. But what I'm finding right now at this age is trying to grab things that they're watching, listening to, and pausing and going, oh, what's wrong with that? Or can you guys think of a verse that talks about that? Or is there a story that reminds you of that? And so let's talk about, uh, I hope I get his name right, Walker Hayes. Is that the uh, is that the country music artist right now? Yeah, Fancy Like. Yeah, with Fancy Like. <laughs> so his newest song or newer song, AA, That's he right. talks about trying to go to church so I don't go to hell. And so it's a catchy song. It's great. He's got a really cool story. If uh, if you're bored on YouTube or whatever, just go go watch his story. But that was a great moment where we, we were listening to that in the car, turn it off, and just go, Josh, what's wrong with that lyric? That's so good. Right? And just trying to get him to think about yeah. these things that they're listening to and how that relates to God's Word. Yeah. Like, like these, are, these are the ways you need to try to interpret this stuff. So that's encouraging to and hear. And Adam, what's so good about that and what's so important about that, you acted as God's prophet in that moment, but you could do that because you were equipped. Hmm. Because you knew what was wrong with All it. All right, that's because good. Because you knew the word, right? Yeah. So, so I, I would think just to encourage dads out there, another thing that that we need to be aware of is um, we've got to be versed in the scriptures, right? So Paul talks to Timothy about making these good deposits into the bank, right? And the reason why he uses that language is because Paul knows at some point, Timothy, you're going to have to make a withdrawal. Yep. And you don't want to be bankrupt. You don't want to be sitting in the truck with your son and the AA song comes on, and you miss that teaching moment because you didn't have anything to pull out of the well, right. right? But because you had that stored up, man, you were locked and ready to go. Yeah, and that's such a that's such a great point. Yeah, so I, I think that may be one of the stumbling blocks for a lot of men that I meet with is this idea of oh, I don't feel equipped, mm-hmm. right? And maybe yeah. it's like, listen, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s. I don't even know if I've got the energy to even try to be equipped, right? Or my kids are in their they're in their late teens, you know. Like, I, I, yeah, that maybe I'll try that with my grandkids. Like, what would you say to a man that's maybe just going? I don't know if I've got time uh, yeah. to become equipped in that area. Yeah, I'll just be frank. It's a lame excuse. Yeah, you know, I, I 
I remember what John Piper said. John Piper said the greatest advent of Twitter was the fact that when we get to heaven, um, we no longer have an excuse as to why we didn't pray enough. Yeah. You know, the reality is um, we probably spend too much time on social media. Yeah. Uh, maybe playing video games, watching movies, working out at the gym. You know, um, scripture has to be a priority. It is the bread of life, it is what fuels us. Now, that doesn't mean you give up everything and just lock yourself in a room and read the Bible. Yeah. None of us can no, do that's that. Good. But um, I work out every morning. Um, and typically I have the Bible playing when I'm working out, Hmm. you know, or I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to a YouTube series that's explaining a certain passage of scripture or something of that nature. So, so if you are a a high capacity guy, that's, that's running a hundred miles an hour and, and you've got to carve up your time strategically, Look at look at ways in your day to integrate the word of God. Yep. So you're not missing out on that because not only not only will your children and your household suffer, but ultimately you're going to suffer because yep. you're not being nourished. That's good. That's good. So this this idea of being a mouthpiece it can take a couple of different forms there, but but you're right. You can't impart to somebody else what you don't possess yourself. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And so you yeah. got to be able to take some time and prioritize that. Uh, what else on this idea of being the the chief prophet? Any other any other thoughts or yeah, encouragement? So, so we're big um, we're big catechism people in my household. Yeah, um, that's a big uh, word. Describe what that means. It is. It is. It's just a. Uh, it, it's kind. It's to put it simply, it's routine learning. Hmm. Right. It's a set of um, questions and simple answers. Uh, historically, uh, that's what the church did. You have to go to probably a Presbyterian or an Anglican church to yeah. get any of it today. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have we have certain theological questions that we ask, and and then our kids memorize the answers, and they okay. start doing that as as early as two years old. And and here's the catch: they don't necessarily know the Bible or the theology behind it, but they do know the answer. That's good. And and that'll start to develop over time. Yeah. So so we actually wrote our own. Um, we have a, a Harper family catechism. Okay. Right? So if, if one of my children walked in right now and, and you looked at my daughter and said, Scarlett, um, why did God make you strong? Her immediate answer is to help the weak. Mm. If you ask my son Malachi, why did God make you rich? He'll say to help the poor. Mm. Uh, if you ask my son Calvin... Um, uh, why did God make you uh, smart and special? He'll say to bring him glory, mm. right? And he's three. He has no idea what that means. Yeah. Uh, but I'll give you a great example. So my, my nine-year-old son's been doing that for, for seven years now. And I went and picked him up from school uh, not too long ago. And the PE teacher comes out and says, hey, I just, I just, I need to tell you something. And I said, yeah, what's up? She said, we were, we were doing the three-legged race today in gym. And there was a kid in Malachi's class who um, maybe was a little overweight, maybe um, you know wasn't as popular, and 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 sometimes gets pushed to the side. Yeah. She said, without being prompted, Malachi noticed that and went over and was his three-legged race hmm. partner. And she goes, uh, uh, "I haven't seen." She said, "I haven't seen a nine-year-old do that," and yeah. I just wanted to tell you. Yeah. And immediately in my mind, my son's been saying for seven years, "Why did God make you strong? Well, to help the weak." Hmm. Right now, he might not know what that means. And if I looked at him today and I said, "Great job helping that weak kid in your class," he say, "Dad, he's not weak. Like, like he, <laughs> he's but, bigger than me." That's right. Yeah. That's right. But, but what's slowly being ingrained are these principles yeah. we want to pass down to our that's children. So good. You know, Christian Smith just wrote a book called "Handing Down the Faith." Mm. You know, he was the guy that coined the term moralistic therapeutic deism. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Twenty years ago, yeah. his newest research project it was it was twenty years of research looking at different faiths, different religions and how they they transferred from one generation to another. Um, out of all the research, 
two things that stood out. One is the place that transfer happens is in the home, and the most important figure is the father. That's amazing. It's powerful. Powerful. And, yeah. and that doesn't matter if you're if you're Christian, if you're Muslim, um, you know, Orthodox, Russian, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The living room and the dad. Yeah. The two most important factors. So uh, I would just encourage dad with dads with that. You know, you whether you want to be or not, you're the chief prophet of your home. That's right. Like like that's your mantle, that's your responsibility. Um so know the word and pass on the word. Yeah, and you know, that that idea, the speed of the leader, speed of the team, something that at over at Watermark we used to say it a lot, or at another way, like faithfulness of the leader, faithfulness of the team. I mean, what what about the home where the the dad right now is feeling like, listen, I I don't I just don't have I can't recall the verses. Like I believe it, I kind of know it. My wife's the one that does all the scripture memory. She holds their attention so much better. She's doing a good job of being this mouthpiece right now. I don't, I don't even know if I see a role for me in that. Any, any thoughts there on on just to encourage a man that maybe is feeling that as he's listening to us today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would encourage you by one saying that that it is your role. You know, um, you obviously um, work with your wife in that and, and partner with your wife in that, and, and she certainly has a role to play. But you've been given that, you know, in theological circles, they call it federal headship. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't use that term anymore, but you have that responsibility. You know, God will hold you accountable. That's good. Um, I was just talking with a man not too long ago who, who said, Chris, um, every night I walk by my son's bedroom and I see my wife in there on her knees praying with him. And he said, you know, I just go to my room and I don't stop. Yeah. And and it was almost like her her taking that spiritual role was was kind of forcing him into a corner. And yeah. I'm not saying that's what was happening, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it sounded like that, yeah. right? So as a man, my encouragement would be step up and, and lead in that. And if you don't, so so you're not theologically trained or you're not seminary trained, that's okay. Yeah. You know, one of the things I do, um, I get up before everyone in my household. Uh, that's typical mm-hmm. if you're a man. Um, so I, I take a verse of the Bible and I take a expo marker. And I go into my ten-year-old daughter's bathroom, and I write a verse on her mirror every morning. There you go. And it just, and then under it, I say, "Dad loves you." Hmm. Right? I don't have to. I don't. I don't exegetically break that verse no. down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't. The doctrine behind it, right? So um, the word of God is like a is like a lion. You don't mm. have to defend it. Mm. Sometimes you just have to let it out of the cage Amen. and let it eat. I like right. That. Yep. So just put scripture in front of your kids. Write it on your walls. Um, put it in their lunchbox. Write it on their mirror. You don't. You don't have to break it down. Just feed it to them and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. I like that. I like that. It is. It's like we don't have to overcomplicate this. That's right. A lot of it is just show up. Right. Just. Just be aware of this. Just show up. Just try. That's it. I'd rather you fail uh, than do nothing. That's right. It. Try some things and go. Okay. That was a. That was a train wreck. Right? right. That didn't happen. At least you were in the arena. That's it. Giving man. it a shot. So I used to tell when I was church planning, I would tell worship pastors this all the time. When you read scripture, don't feel like you have to give a mini sermon. That's right. Right. <laughs> just. Just let it set, man. Yeah. Just go. Just go. Because worship leaders should be singing, not that's, talking anyway. That's but that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> so so, all right, brother. I like this. All right. So chief prophet, priest, and king. We'll, we'll pick up the priest and king uh, here in another couple episodes. But I love this idea. We're God's mouthpiece. Make it fun. Be equipped. Just try. Get in there and give it a shot. It's great stuff. Yeah, good to be with stuff. you today. Hey, thanks, Adam. Appreciate you, brother. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Better Man Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about Better Man, you can go to betterman.com. That's betterman.com. This episode, like every episode, was produced and edited and mixed by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we've got for today. We'll talk to you again next time.